Hi, this is Annette Lakovich and you're listening to Cashflow Candy. Join me while I interview successful entrepreneurs, business specialists and share the ultimate information helping you increase your sales doing what you love. So let's start making some candy for your business. Hello and welcome to Cashflow Candy Season 3. Hooray, we have made it. We are airing again. I put the show on hold due to all the work I had happening uh, end of last year and started this year from two mastermind retreats that go for five to seven days. I had an Australian tour and also the launch of my brand new six-figure webinar sales system. So to say that I had a lot of things on my plate would be a understatement. And because I knew I had so many things on, some things had to go on hold just for me to be able to stay in alignment and to really play full out in those areas. And so today I'm kicking off season three, coincidentally, with exactly that, uh, how to continually thrive as an entrepreneur, how to know when to push things aside, how to know when to be able to manage your time, step into your greatness. So I'm going to be running through a lot of the holistic approaches towards your success and your journey as an entrepreneur. Today, I'm going to be pulling the curtains right back on some of the biggest personal rituals that I use. I'm going to be sharing and walking you through the four most impactful strategies that when you really take on board you can implement into your full life so you don't have burnout, so you don't ruin your self-esteem and your confidence along the way, so you can continually stay in love with what you do instead of creating things that you don't love because perhaps your compass isn't really pointing to your true north. And sometimes we have all these things that go on around us that continually can pull us off our compass. And I think that's probably one of the biggest points of feedback that I get when people are quite shocked when they work with me because I obviously want to help them build a business that they absolutely love and make sure that they're earning an amazing amount of cash coming through and profit. Obviously, we don't go into business just to break even, but more importantly, to create a lifestyle around that business as well. Because if you're thriving, your business thrives, your business will never outgrow you. So it's always about how do we keep your peak performance, your peak potential. So I'm known a lot to re-engineer a lot of my entrepreneurial clients' lives, especially when I start seeing them get to burnout stage and helping them get back in touch, which truly makes them happy, what truly makes them shine. And it depends on their value system. Some of it might be a lot more therapeutic and relaxation. A lot of it might be you know, excitement and fun. It just depends on what drives them. Though, for instance, one of my clients, when she came on board on her wish list, she actually wanted to go horse riding once a week. Well, within six and a half months, she actually purchased her own horse, went riding on Sundays, and guess what? Ended up taking a half day on Wednesdays so she could actually ride while people are working because it made her feel good. It was therapeutic release for her, helped her thrive. And would you know it, within 14 months of working with me, we turned over $1.2 million in revenue. When she actually started with me, it was actually 70000 turnover. And that's exactly what I'm talking about is how do we produce magnificent results in every area of your life. Obviously, I've given her, you know, some pretty slick sales strategies. I'm really quite gifted in the way to be able to tailor specific sales strategies to my clients. So the pipe of money comes through them easily and quickly than a lot of mainstream type of ideas out there. But also 
What can we do for you to help you ensure that you step into your greatness so you are the most powerful you and so you can show up and play 110%? And that is what today's Season 3 Cashflow Candy Episode Number 30 we're opening up with. All right, so let's get into it and roll our sleeves up and start to really learn and more importantly, get you to implement them immediately as well. Now, the first one I'm starting with is not the most serious, sexiest subject, though I tell you what, it's the biggest needle mover because once you master this, everything else will fall into place. So you'll start to count your blessings with this one as soon as I share this with you. Now, I said it's not the sexiest subject, it's time management. If you aren't good at time, everything in your life will be stressful, out of order. Disorder creates stress. Disorder creates sloppy work. Disorder creates paralyzation in you being able to move forward. And it just creates total chaos. Time is irreversible. We can't rewind it. The only time we have is now. So it's always about staying in the present and then continually looking at our future. Now, because we're entrepreneurs, we are always in the future and we're always looking at the future. A great Chinese philosopher, Leo Zhu, says, if you continually focus on the future, you'll suffer from anxiety. If you're always thinking about the past, you suffer from depression. So as entrepreneurs, you'll find that we continually have a lot of burnout and the burnout is because we're always chasing the goal. And the crazy thing is, as soon as we get that goal, instead of celebrating it, we actually look for what's next and we don't even take a breather and celebrate our wins. In my mastermind program, when our diamond level gets together, we actually talk about the five most significant wins that we've had in the past month. And they actually can be so insignificant to other people, but for to you personally, it's actually a huge win. And it could be something as simple as, I don't know, let's just say registering your URL or creating a name for your new product or going out there and picking up the phone to create a meeting for your first corporate client. And people think that they need to celebrate the big win at the end, like it's actually getting the client, though what was the step What was the step that you first did to get the ball rolling? And it might have been something as simple as reaching out to them on LinkedIn, following up an old client, reactivating some of your past clients. And it could be that email out, that initiative that you first need to be able to acknowledge because it's all those little successes add up to the progression of the master goal. Though the one thing as I'm getting back to, which is suffering from anxiety and anxiety is always feeling out of control because we're trying to control our future and we're always chasing for it. So as soon as you start to master time, you start to step into the control seat. So let's look at what's sucking your time, what's zapping your time and really where you should be using your time to really have your highest potential. Now, I've always been extremely transparent about my lifestyle and I'm a person that has always loved to exercise in the morning, probably because I've been in the health and fitness industry for God knows how many years. I started that back, I think, when I was 15 and I would always exercise early in the morning. And when I mean early, I don't mean super early, like 7, 7.30. Now, when I had Braxton, my whole lifestyle changed, as many parents would know what that's like. And by the time he was in childcare, 
my whole morning routine was out of whack and I wasn't exercising in the morning. I was breaking my back to drop him off to daycare, to sit down at my desk and be there at nine o'clock already for coaching. Now, it wasn't the lifestyle that I was wanting and I wasn't thriving. So I realized pretty quickly that here I am coaching my clients on lifestyle and creating a life that they love as well as the business that they love. And here I am and mine was lacking. So I had a big check-in and I thought there is no reason for me to be at my desk at 9am if I run my own business. So what I did was in 2015, I whipped everything into shape. I moved all my clients back for a 10am start. So then I could drop Braxton off to daycare, do my exercise routine, come home, not have to bust my ass to be at my computer and actually have a nice relaxing hour in getting ready, just doing the stuff so I'm calm and by the time I actually start my work day, I am 100% switched on, ready to rock and I'm actually in complete harmony. So that's how most of my days start now. Obviously, if I'm out doing a public speaking gig and I'm with my corporate clients or I'm doing team training, and sometimes that might start off at nine o'clock. Though, if not, that's my day. It starts at 10 o'clock and I do not feel guilty for it. I did at the start. (laughs) It was a lot of internal dialogue I had to try and tame because I felt like I should have been strapped to that desk and answering emails and doing this stuff. And it took a couple of weeks and then I just owned it. And now that's a part of my life. So what can you do to put into your day? What are some of the things that you know, as soon as you do it, it's that instant hit of centering yourself and bringing pure happiness into your life. And no one else can give it to you except for this activity. For me, the other thing is dancing. I absolutely love dancing. It's the one thing that I think nothing else can compete with besides that. So I've signed up to dancing and I do that on Wednesday nights. So I'd really love for you to have a look at that. What can you do health and fitness wise to recenter yourself? Perhaps you're more of a person that needs to go internal where you might need to do Pilates or yoga or meditation, which there's other stuff that I do as well, which will impart later on. So time management, how do you need to shuffle through your day, through your week so you do have your time? The second thing is what are time zappers for you? Social media being one of them. And let me just uh, give you my view on social media. Social media ain't social, right? If you want to get social, organize to go out and meet people face to face, you'll probably find that you'll actually get the business quicker. You'll create stronger relationships and be able to get a new client, a new prospect across the line and be able to help them quicker with your services. I see a lot of people hanging out on Facebook groups and I just heard an expert the other day talk about that she was listening to an expert and she found it so riveting to be told don't waste your time in Facebook groups in a way of building your business. Now, I was scratching my head because I thought that most experts would already know that. I think that is one of the slowest ways for you to gain clients. For me, as I said before, I've definitely created sales strategies for my clients to get a person to be able to get them on board, to be making money in their business and be able to help more people with their products and services quickly. And I've never ever told any of my clients to go into Facebook groups and to prospect that way. There are much more fast and more effective ways to do it. 
Now, maybe this is news for you as well. And if it is, I would look at what else you can do. Now, I'm not bagging social media completely because social media is something that continually helps me build my business. It's one thing that I can teach all my clients to make sure they're using Facebook marketing because there's no cheaper, more cost-effective and better return on investment than actually using and learning how to do your Facebook marketing. But social media should really be used more as a business tool than a social tool. Yes, great to you know connect with your family and friends and people that maybe you don't get to see all the time. Though if you're stuck on there, I tell you what it does. It not only zaps your time, but it can also zap your self-esteem because then you start to see what your competitors are doing and you feel like you're running behind. And that's when the anxiety kicks in and feeling not good enough. So there's a lot of things that... I have to say about the social media game, yes, it's going to be a big part of your business's growth. However, what I'd love for you to do is be aware of what it does to your time. All right, so let's talk about time management for a second. I'm going to share two terminologies with you. The first one is batching and the second one is lockdown. And these are going to be your biggest best friends when it comes to time management, all right? There's also a thing called the Parado Principle, or I listen to a lot of American recordings, so the Parado Principle. Um, that's my American accent. Probably any uh, US friends on here right now are probably rolling their eyes. Though the Parado Principle works with the 80-20 rule, meaning that 80% of the tasks that you normally do in your day only equal to equivalent to about 20% results. For you, with your business, results normally equals income, right? On the reverse side of it, 20% of the tasks, the activities that you do in your business actually can equate to 80% revenue that you bring in or the results you bring into your business. So my question to you is how are you planning your day? And what are some of the time zapping tasks that you are choosing to do instead of outsourcing it to somebody else. For example, my podcast, I'm not going to sit here and do all the edits. I'm also not going to do the graphics. Now, for some of you that are working more the solo entrepreneur career, you might be thinking that you don't have the money. But this is where I'd like to challenge you with this is if you don't have the money, that is the problem right there. It's the catch-22. You should be using your time, your valuable time to go out there and get yourself a client to get money in your pocket while someone else is doing the low income task. Your high income task is you actually bring your money into the business. The creativity of the beautiful graphics, the editing of your newsletter, all that type of stuff will either be downtime, meaning in the nighttime when you can't talk to clients and get people on board, or you outsource it. So a good assessment for you to do right now is ask yourself, what are the tasks that bring in the most income for my business? And what are the tasks that don't, they give about 20% of the results? That's your 80-20 rule. So let me start with how do you actually plan your day? Do you actually know what the highest priority tasks are that you need to pump out and they take the highest priority? which means that you might not actually jump on your emails first. Uh, Shock horror, right? (laughs) I check my emails twice daily. And normally the first one is either at 10 a.m. as soon as I get in because I'm trolling through and looking for some of the tasks that help me get on through the day, which might be through some of my private clients, with my mastermind clients, my corporates. 
Otherwise, at 11 o'clock, I check in my emails and then three o'clock in the afternoon. So they're the normally two times that I check in, which means I batch my emails together. I'm in a typing zone. I'm in a writing zone. I'm in a let's just get it done and out of the way. And I also know that in that time, my time is precious. I know you've heard of the saying, time is money. A lot of these time zapping tasks happen when you don't value your dollar per hour. As soon as you value what your dollar per hour is, you watch how differently things start to show up in your life. When you value your time, so do other people. When you don't value your time, guess what happens? People cancel last minute, they no-show for appointments, and you'll just notice the lack of respect that actually happens. And a lot of it is the actual universe showing you an actual mirror, right? So being able to respect your own time. Now, I actually do batching in a lot of different areas of my life, and especially in my work life. Even when it comes down to my mastermind programs, my speaking days, my consulting days. So for instance, my personal work diary, the way I actually plan it is Mondays and Tuesdays is purely for my mastermind program. Wednesdays is Mummy and Braxton Day. And Thursdays and Fridays are either for my speaking gigs, consultancy, or my VIP half days, which is for the entrepreneurial market. Which means if I'm out and about and I meet somebody and they're talking about a speaking gig or they're talking about wanting some private coaching, I know exactly what day of the week to find out how it actually sits with them. So the first thing I might say is, great, so how are Thursdays and Fridays look for you? And if for some reason a Thursday and Friday doesn't work for them, then I know that I need to look at what space I actually have on my Mondays and Tuesdays in between my mastermind support calls and the program that we actually run with the um, with Diamond Level Group. So this is something that could work for you really well, especially if you have a few facets in your business and you can really batch your your week, your work week. So being able to batch your task where you're in your genius zone really helps you be able to get the most productivity and the best out of your day. Now, the other thing that I actually shared with you was lockdown. Now, lockdown is so important, so important because you may have a launch coming up, you may have an article to write, a blog post, it could be a Facebook Live that I was saying before, or it could be a video to shoot. The most important thing for you to be able to do is ensure that you have lockdown. And lockdown means that you tell your team members that you are going to be offline for this specific amount of time. And that means no phones, no emails, no nothing, just you and whatever it is that you're doing. And that one allows you to have the freedom and the space to connect with the tasks that you have at hand. Plus, you know that everybody else knows that you are busy and you'll get back to them after that specific time. So continually putting lockdowns in, put it in your diary so no one overbooks if you find that you've got team members actually working with your diary as well. But lockdown is key. And the other one, great tip for time is hour of power. An hour of power means you might have the biggest, ugliest, hardest task to do. And for some of you, it could be prospecting a client, right? It could be the actual client phone call, the follow-up calls or <laughs> the actual initiation call. And if that's the case, then put it in an hour of power, which means for the next hour, I'm going to power through this and get as much as I can possibly done. So these are great little terminologies for you to be able to manage your time, make sure you get the best out of your time and best out of your workday. There's also the D for delegate or D for dump it. 
So really ask yourself, do I need to be doing this task? Is this worth my value, my dollar per hour? Or should I be getting somebody else on board, like a virtual assistant or a PA, to actually help you get some of the lower dollar per hour tasks done? Because really, it should be delegating. Or if it doesn't need to be delegated and you don't need to do it, why are you actually doing it? They should be a dump it. And dump it means get rid of it if it's not going to be a needle mover, meaning if it's not going to be in that 20% region that gives you the 80% results of value, of return, of investment, of your time or money, whatever it is in your business, dump it, get rid of it. It's not important anyway. So the time management one is a biggie. That helps the rest of the other three flow into place. And really the next part is your health. And a lot of the time management is actually to support your health. Now, I have noticed, I don't know for how many years, for myself specifically, and other female entrepreneurs that we get a lot of burnout. We get a lot of adrenal overdrive. We continually go, 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 go. And our adrenals are continually working, which means two things. One, we have a lot of release of cortisol. Now, cortisol is a stress hormone and it likes to create a lot of body fat around our stomach. We love it, don't we, girls? (laughs) The other thing is it affects your thyroid. So normally a lot of women that have thyroid function is from the adrenal burnout. So we really want to make sure that you've got a couple of supplements that are really helping you get through the day and not have to wind up at the start of the day with coffee and wind down at the end of the day with wine. You've got some other things that are a little bit more nurturing for your body. So the first thing is making sure that you have a really good magnesium product. Magnesium is essential, especially for female entrepreneurs, making sure that your energy is high and it helps support your adrenal function. Now, there's a lot of different magnesium ones out there. And for me, I'm really fussy with the vitamins that I actually put in my mouth. A lot of them are fillers with synthetics. So it's not actually the pure vitamin source. So I use a brand called Metagenics and also Ultraceuticals is the other one. Now, these are prescription-based from naturopaths or any type of health nutritionists. So they're two that I would suggest, but there's a lot of great quality ones out there. The other thing is uh, fish oils. Fish oils are going to be great to help support your brain function. It's going to help. It's the nice fatty oils that help coat your neurotransmitters because think we are thinking day and night. <laughs> we don't stop thinking. We're, as I said before, we're the CEO of our household. And even if you're a single girl, you know, you're probably working more than the, than the parents out there. Because if you do not have a partner, then what are you doing at night? You've probably got the computer out and you're still working. So uh, more adrenal burnout and really more self-love. There's a stack of information I could be giving you about health though this is not going to be the segment for that. We're just going to start with just making sure that you start to put in just a couple of vitamin supplements in there. The other thing is, you know, if you're continually feeling sluggish, a big sign of thyroid disease or thyroid burnout is you wake up from your sleep and you're still tired. So another thing that you might want to get checked out is your thyroid don't get it checked out from your normal doctor. You need to go to a naturopath or someone that really understands what the level, optimal level your health should be at and not what the mainstream is. 
when they look at the Australian average or the standard, the standard is the average of the first 100 people getting those tests inside a lab who are suffering from the illness. So... You know, you, you, that's, that's the average health. We want to look at optimal health, and that's really what a naturopath, a functional medicine doctor really looks at, is making sure that you're in optimal health. Now, talking about health, there's a lady called Alexandra Jamison, and I just listened to her interview the other day, and I'm hoping to get her on Cashflow Candy, because she actually shares about how the dramatic difference between putting fun in your life what it does to your hormones, to your stress level, and eliminates your cravings. How is that? So if you have a sugar craving, coffee cravings, alcohol cravings, if you're a smoker, apparently when you add fun into your day, you actually crave these things less. Now, the funny thing is I actually took Braxton out to a place called Luna Park. Many of you ladies know it. And it's such a fun place and believe me, it, it, it was hair-raising as well because I was on these slides that were absolutely massive and <laughs> we ended up going on seven times. So it definitely broke through the fear and ended up having me laughing a lot. The crazy thing is when I went home, normally I love to get home, especially on a Saturday night, and have a nice glass of red while I watch TV or watch a movie or snuggle up with hubby and I actually didn't feel like one. And didn't have any type of sweets or sugar cravings. I actually felt really content just to have a nice glass of hot water with lime in it. And uh, that was it. And then the next day, sure enough, I hear this interview with Andrea Jamison talking about fun and reducing cravings. So I just wanted to share that little hot little tip. Now, fun actually has a direct hit to our brain in our hypothalamus, and it helps us secrete serotonin, which is the natural endorphin. It's the happy drug. It's the buzz that we feel when we exercise or after we exercise, we have that feeling of that natural high. So I actually have a very strong belief that the more and more we dive into entrepreneurship, the more obsessed I think we get with our work. I know for me, for years, it was really obsessed about working, thinking that if I breathed for a second, I would fall out of line or lose my place in line. And that type of pressure that you put on yourself really can take a lot of effect. So for me now, I really have to train myself still to be able to take time out of my day, to be able to allow play at least once a week, just to do some fun shit, right? Just to have some fun. And that means that you totally go off the grid, meaning that you're not obsessed on taking the photos and instantly loading them up on Facebook or on Instagram because that zaps the time. It makes you not in the present. And again, it starts the change in your breathing. So I want you to really just see when you can take some time out in your week, have fun, go off the grid, be totally detached to the effects of what's going to help build your business and build your positioning and get your social media out there. Take your photos, but then get back into being in the moment. And being able to do that, there's there's continual scientific proof now that you'll actually work smarter, work better. There's different corporations now putting sleep into their corporation sleep booths because they understand the difference of the production and the quality of work that's produced. So this is just going into all the different things that really create a wholesome life so we're not just focused on work. I'm not talking about work-life balance. What I'm talking about is harmony because I don't know if you can have work-life balance all the time, 
but if I really get real with it, is how we create as much harmony in our lives as possible. This moves perfectly into the next strategy, which is personal development. How often do you groom yourself? How often are you totally conscious and aware of the information that you're allowing in and the information that you're putting out there? You know, you could be your most powerful female that you know, or you could be your worst critic. The choice is yours. And the choice is how much you actually fill up your own cup. And conscious of the information that you're taking in around you, plus also being conscious of your own internal dialogue. So let me go through a couple of strategies with you really quickly and just do a full assessment on yourself right now. The first one is how do you wake up? How do you start your day? Do you start the day with alarms buzzing and kids jumping on your bed and being totally disturbed and distracted? And sometimes, hey, when we're mums, we got no choice. Or do you take a minute to sit there and lie there and connect the feelings with truly what you're grateful for? Now, I tell you, it can be quite challenging when you're a mum, but there is a one-minute gap that you can do, preferably before the children are up. But if you can just take one minute to sit there and truly connect with the feelings of being grateful, that's a feeling of gratitude. Do you know when you connect with those feelings, it releases serotonin? What a beautiful way to start the day. And it helps decrease the cortisol, which is our stress hormone. Another question is, how do you finish your day? How do you wind down? For me, I have a bedtime routine and I do a lot of journaling. For me, it's to either get rid of a lot of internal chatter so I can just get it out, better out than in, hey? But I also love to reflect on the day. So I write down the three things that I really enjoyed most about the day and I was grateful for, and then what I'm looking forward to the next day. So with you incorporating a journal like that and having that just next to your bed, Honestly, it will take you probably no more than a couple of minutes. I actually really look forward to it now because it's just realigning myself and just checking in with me. If there was a bigger, better version of you out there, what would he or she be doing differently? What would you be doing differently? How are you thinking differently? What are you learning? What are you seeing? Because being able to continually see what you possibly could step into will help you start going after bigger and greater goals and really help you evolve in life instead of staying still and staying stagnant. Now, also, we're behind electrical stuff all day, behind our computer, behind our phones. Um, Then maybe we're in front of our TV at night. There's so many electrical currents around us. How often do you connect back with nature? And you will feel the difference instantly. Even if you just walked outside, took your shoes off and connected with the ground, it's called grounding techniques or grounding exercises because we are in our heads so much. If we can, one, get back into our body, which is what movement's great for, but two, be able to connect with earth. So do you actually get into nature? Do you go for a bike ride, a bushwalk, sit on the beach, walk on the beach, smell the beautiful salty air? If you're in city areas, how often just take your shoes off and just sit on the ground or just, like I said, feel the grass, hug a tree even. (laughs) But being able to connect with the earth or connect with nature is something so important and being able to just again recenter yourself and to quieten that mind. Now, the last thing I'm going to go into is just 
the actual personal development work, such as education? How often do you fill your cup up with learning other stuff that's got nothing to do with work, right? How often do you learn how to cook a new meal? How often do you learn how to, I don't know, grow plants, grow vegetables, something that's completely different, that's continually filling up your cup, helping you learn and helping you stay educated. And then obviously personal development learning anyway with just you, understanding your barriers, understanding your fears, understanding your big goals. How often do you assess what you've achieved in a year? Every year with my clients at the end of the year, I get them to do this activity. And the first one is they've got to write 20 things that they're so happy that they achieved, succeeded, conquered in that year. And some of them can be so small, some of them can be large, but they need to be able to acknowledge those wins. Then what they do is they write down what are 10 things that they want to conquer in the next year, what are 10 things they want to achieve personally or professionally, it doesn't matter how small, how large, what are those 10 things? Then what we do six months in to the next year, we actually do a checkpoint. We get them to read back or play back if they've recorded their notes, their review of that year and actually check in to see how they're going with their new 10 goals. Plus, maybe they've changed, they need to reassess. So it's a great checkpoint. And also, again, just always being totally conscious of your own personal growth. There's a saying from Brian Tracy, which is, if it's got to be, it's up to me. And that means you taking total responsibility. If you break the word down responsible, it's being responsible meaning being able to respond to different situations at different times. The stronger your constitution and your internal dialogue is what I'm talking about and your self-esteem, the better you'll be able to solve problems, dive into things, not carry things, be able to shake things off and really have a more fruitful and more happy life. Like we were talking about happiness here and you know, really everything we're looking for is how do we truly, truly be happy? And these are just some of the things that I know truly work for myself, for my clients, and also really urge you to start taking just even one of these things on, like how you start your day and how you finish your day. Just even start with that. The last thing is looking at who you hang around and Likeness attracts likeness, but sometimes you'll find there's people that you know that are energy suckers, they can deplete you, they could have you feeling really frustrated or you're always arguing with that person or perhaps they're putting you down. So be aware of the information you're taking in in your mind, like the news around you. You could walk up to me and talk to me about anything topical on the news right now and I wouldn't know any of it because I choose not to listen to the news only because just doesn't make me feel good. If it's really important, I find out somehow. Though, also, who do you hang around? Because this is really important. Being able to hang around like-minded people, people who really want to support you and are your biggest cheerleaders and always want to lift you up instead of drag you down. That is so important for your growth. So being able to maintain some relationships, but perhaps you don't want to hang around every day. Maybe it could be family or it could be school friends, though you want to keep those relationships because, hey, they're friends, but maybe it's not the information that you want to take in on a regular basis. So you might keep that relationship, but hold it more afar and really start working the relationships of people that really help you with the growth. Now, I've talked about my mastermind group a couple of times and I just see these women really just, it's like a magnetic pull. They just draw together and just click <laughs> because 
they've they've got they're driving for the same goal they're always driving for something bigger than themselves they believe in themselves they've got a mission that they want to achieve or they just want greatness out there and uh, being surrounded with other people really helps lift that up and helps you lift your game as well now finally let's move into some sales strategies because obviously our business is nothing without sales so I've talked about the health I've talked about the time management and talked about you grooming your personal development skills but finally let's talk about sales because your business can't grow without it and you know that very well because you've stepped into entrepreneurship and you realize pretty quickly that you need to start making cash in your business otherwise your business dies. Now, there's nothing more challenging, I think, for your self-esteem and your confidence when you're not making money in your business. Your business is a representation of you and your business is a representation of how many people you are helped in the world. So when your business is making a lot of money, you are touching more lives out there. And that's a good frame or reframe for anyone that is uncomfortable with earning money. I know a lot of healers feel guilty making a lot of money. They feel like that's been their gift and why should they actually charge for it, but they need to make money to live. So being able to understand that the more money that you make means that you're helping more people out there in the world. And every business does this. Every business, every product, every service is a solution to somebody's problem. So let's finish on this with sales strategies. Do you know what your customer's biggest problem is? Biggest challenge, biggest frustration, biggest fear, biggest concern. Being able to talk to that, being able to elicit that. More importantly, get them to be able to talk to you about it if you're in verbal sales, face-to-face or voice-to-voice, or for you to be able to point that elephant out in the room in your copy is absolute key. Because if you can connect with their pain, you want them to be able to feel that you know them better than they know themselves. And you probably do because I'm guessing your product and your service, high chance, is something that you've struggled with a lot or you've actually found massive, massive gains or pleasure or results or outcome from your actual products and services why you're so passionate about it. So understanding that we have these two motivators, one's a massive pain motivator and the other one's a pleasure motivator. Now, being able to connect with this in your copy, in your um, verbal communication, and like I was saying before, more importantly, getting them to verbalize it if it's face-to-face is absolute key. So having a solid sales process set up for you online, but also offline, Because the one thing that I continually see is people are mastering the online process, thinking that that's going to help them get away from not having to have a conversation with their customer or potential client. But it should be as well as, not as instead of. Online marketing is as well as. It's a great way for you to produce a stack of leads and qualified leads at that. It's a great way for branding, a great way for exposure, and you could build a business overnight and become an overnight superstar pretty much these days. So understand as well that the more premium the product price and the less they know you, the more that they will want to have a conversation with you. Even if they do know you, they'll still want to have a conversation with you. So we need to make sure that we're grooming our communication skills always at the same time. There's no getting around this one. So here is uh, one question for you to be able to try on for size. And I'd really like you just to practice this in your communication with your next 
prospect. So the question will be finding out their pain and how long they've been carrying it for. And we want them to be able to verbalize it to you. You asking the question puts you in like the coaching or the consultative seat, and it doesn't have you feel like you're actually the seller. Them answering has them in the buying seat and gets them in the buying mode and gets them selling to themselves. So here's a question for size for you to try on. So tell me, what is the problem that you have been experiencing for you to want this now? Pretty easy, right? So if I break it down, what is the problem? We're talking about the pain. It could be the challenge, the concern. You can put any of these words in there that are pain-related words that you're experiencing now for you to want this product or service. Then they're going to tell you. They will spill the beans for you. They'll tell you exactly where they are. Now I want you to follow up with this if they haven't already said it. How long has that been going on for? That will then help them realize how much the pain has compounded over time, all right? So the question again is, what was the problem that you're experiencing for you to want this now? And how long has that been going on for? Understanding the quality of your questions give you quality answers. Sometimes we're turning our customers off, not on, because we're not asking really engaging emotional connection questions, really to find out their biggest pain motivator because your product is the solution, which is the pleasure or the reward system, which helps them once they see that, they start to release this beautiful chemical called dopamine. It's a neurotransmitter and it always releases when we see something that's going to help us. So that is just a little bit on the sales strategy, understanding that you continue need to groom the sales online and offline. And one of the most important things I think is actually groom your verbal communication skills because you could be at a network meeting, you might be in a big corporate meeting trying to land a corporate client, or perhaps just trying to connect to your customer who is the general public, but your communication skills is the one thing that is going to separate you from you and your competitor when you're face-to-face or when you're writing amazing content to be able to really get in touch with their feelings, to get them motivated and inspired to buy. So we have covered a stack of stuff today to welcome you back to Cashflow Candy. I have some amazing women that I'm interviewing coming on up. For now, hold on tight. I'll be right back with a listener's question. Do you ever feel nervous in the sales process? Perhaps you feel out of control with the conversation. You're afraid of looking pushy. Or even worse, you walk away making a new friend, but not a sale. Annette Lakovich's reverse selling system can help you construct the exact words and structure to your presentation, having your customers wanting to buy so you never have to sell again. The reverse selling system teaches you... How to explain your products in a way that creates a lust and yearning for immediate purchasing. Annette walks you through her five-step formula in explaining your product or service that turns even the coldest customer from cold to hot. Never get tongue-tied again with her nine-step money map on how to ask for the sale without raising a sweat. Plus, the exact words to say when you get an objection that will flip the customer from not buying to buying. The Reverse Selling System. You can grab it now for 50% off with your Cashflow Candy listener's code. Just type in CASHFLOW50, all one word, at the checkout. Visit AnnetteLakovich.com. Welcome back. This is the time where I'm answering a listener's question. 
Today we have a question from Mona from Northern Beaches in New South Wales. She said, hi Annette, I've been in HR for years, built my way to senior management levels in very well-known hotel corporate giants, and I decided to go out on my own to do HR consulting this year. The jump hasn't been as easy as I thought it would. I know I do a great job in my initial business meeting, and I do a great job finding out their needs. I then go back, spending a lot of time preparing their proposal. This is where I get all excited, but this is where I also hit a brick wall. They never respond to my email or answer my calls. Any idea where I'm going wrong and if you can help me would be much appreciated. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go through that, Mona, because um, the, what I'd like you to do is totally get out of your vocabulary the word proposal. Mona, I think this is a really cool one that everyone can learn from because many of us do send proposals. The first thing I'd like to say to you is never call it a proposal to the client. The word proposal, the underlying unconscious action that you're asking them to take is to propose, but not to confirm. So normally with a proposal, I get you to change the language immediately with your customer anyway which uh, is using the word plan. So a training plan, HR consulting plan, um, a planning, learning and development plan. But put the word plan in there is the first thing because that helps reframe it if they've actually used the word proposal to you. Like, oh, yeah, just send me the proposal. Uh, If they haven't said it, you frame it up because by saying plan gets them to actually focus on the outcome, the solution, the results that you can give where proposal gets you focused on the price. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that they keep their eye on the right part of what you actually can do for them. The second step is how you actually set it up. And I've actually learned how to do following up proposals from not wanting to get the rejection like you are having. It's one of the fastest ways to hurt your self-esteem and your confidence and as well waste a lot of your time because as you're saying here that you spend a lot of time preparing the proposal, but then you're sending it through. So there's a couple of things you're doing wrong here. Where you're going wrong, the first thing is when you're actually with the client is when they're their hottest, all right? So they're their hottest when you've actually gone through that actual initial meeting. In that initial meeting, before you walk out, what I'd like you to do is organize a time in your diary and their diary to book a time for you to walk them through the training plan or the development plan or the consulting plan or whatever you call it. The next thing is, is if it's not worth the trip back into wherever it is that you're going, you're in Northern Beaches, New South Wales. So uh, if you're in the corporate sector, you know, if it's not worth the trip into the city, and you want to save some time, then okay, do it over the phone. But maybe at the start, if you're not closing deals, maybe it's worth just to get back in face-to-face and get some numbers on the board and really start getting some cash in your pocket. So it's going to be well worth your time to actually organize that meeting to go back and see them. As mark my words, you'll have a higher closing rate, closing face-to-face. If not, or when you're ready to move on because your closing rates have now increased and you're ready to take it over the phone, you organize the time on the phone and you want to make sure they're going to be in front of a computer. So you're going to say to them, great. So what I'll do is I'll organize the time for next Tuesday, make sure in front of the computer, because while we're on the phone, I'll send through the training plan. Then when you send through the training plan, you're not going to send it through until they're actually on the phone. This means if you've already sent 
the proposal and then you call them straight after, you might miss them. And then you plan phone tag or worse off that you're going back to plan A, which you're doing now, which is they're not returning your call. So the rule of thumb that I work with is that you do not send it until they're on the phone. And you say something like this. I, hey, John, it's Annette here. Um, are you in front of your computer? Great. Awesome. I'm just going to type your email address in now and um, just give me a couple of moments. That should come through. And as you're sending it through, just do a little chit chat, bit of rapport. You know, how's your day been? If you remember something that they were going to do over a weekend or if there was some meeting that they had, touch base, just bring that up and then just wait to hear the ding through the phone and, um, and then you discuss it. So the idea is, is to walk them back through your training plan. And when you walk back through your training plan, you're actually going back over their needs and wants, which is why they actually wanted you in the first place and discussed with you. This is where their buying emotion is. This is where their pain points are, which means that they're not just focused on the price. It means that they're focused on the outcome and the solution that you're going to deliver. Most of the time, people fall over in this area of proposals is because you send it and it becomes a heavy, heavy, logical focus for that customer. They turn straight to the back page, normally where the prices are, and they look at the price. But what they've probably forgotten about most of the time is the emotion the reason why they inquired with you in the first place. So remember the emotion, the the need helps outweigh and shifts the focus from the actual expenses. So that's what I'd get you to do is um, set that meeting up from the very first point of your initial consultation with them and never send the proposal through unless they're on the phone. Otherwise for you right now, Um, It sounds like you haven't got many runs on the board, so let's get you actually going back and seeing them face-to-face for a nice quick half an hour, 45-minute meeting, and that should do the trick. If you have a question for Cashflow Candy, all you need to do is go to my Facebook page, Annette Lakovich, and just hashtag Cashflow Candy and write a question in, and I'll be more than happy to answer it. I do try to match them up to the show. And one more big favor, if you absolutely loved this show, send it to a friend and please leave me a review on iTunes. It would help me a stack to be able to get my message out there and help other women in business. Until next time, continually step into your greatness and shine bright.